0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash EHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. If you donate and become a patron, I'll make sure I thank you on the air and throughout my social media. As well, I have two other podcasts out there. Canadian History X which releases every Wednesday and Saturday and Pucks and Cups which releases every single Tuesday. I do all of his podcasts full time, the writing, the research, everything. So, every dollar you give helps keep it all going. If you like, you can email me at craig@canadehx.com. At you can find me on Twitter, my handle is Craig Baird, C R A I G B A I R D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. After Stockwell Day resigned as leader of the Canadian Alliance to run against Stephen Harper for the leadership of the party, and before Harper took over as leader, a man served as the leader of the official opposition for six months. That man was John Reynolds, and his political career was much longer and more interesting than those six months would lead someone to believe. Reynolds was born on January 19, 1942 in Toronto, but he would be raised in Montreal. After high school, he became a manager trainee at Woolworths, and then was a pharmaceutical salesman with Johnson & Johnson. And by the early 1970s, he had moved to British Columbia. In 1972, he was first elected to Parliament as a member of the Progressive Conservatives and became a vocal critic of Trudeau, criticizing his treatment of the West. In 1974, he would be elected with the highest winning majority in British Columbia in his riding of Burnaby, Richmond, Delta, which had the highest number of voters of any riding in Western Canada. After Robert Stanfield lost the 1974 election to Pierre Trudeau, Reynolds went on camera to state the party needed a new leader who was more right wing. Reynolds did not get along with Stanfield, who kept him on the back bench. In 1975, at a $100 a plate dinner hosted for himself at the Hotel Vancouver, he put his name forward to run for the leadership of the party. And while he hoped a thousand guests would show up, only 30 bought tickets, and the event was canceled, and Reynolds abandoned his leadership bid. In 1976, Reynolds would attack the Liberal government over the imprisonment of Canadians in Mexico and Saudi Arabia, stating, quote, It is a bloody gutless policy. It is very nice for the cozy bureaucrats to say they're doing everything they can. They aren't in jail. End quote. The same year he was criticizing the government over the policy, Reynolds was named the worst MP in the House of Commons by Maclean's magazine. The magazine would state, quote, He would seem to have everything going his way. Reynolds instead has chosen the low road, the shallow route, the hotline philosophy of life. There are giants on Parliament Hill and there are Lilliputians. John Reynolds is from Lilliput. End quote. The magazine would attack him further, stating, quote, He has the attention span of a hummingbird. Disapproving press critics attempt to zero in on one of his spurious issues only to find he has fled the subject, flitting on yet another one day cause. Mary Steinhauser is killed within a BC penitentiary. Reynolds, in his far off Ottawa office, suddenly has evidence that 15 hostages were forced to drink massive doses of hypnotic drug. How does he know? He can't say. Documentation? Whoops, it's tomorrow's paper and another issue. End quote. It didn't seem to bother Reynolds, who would say, quote, I got elected and I like my job. End quote. In 1976, Reynolds would speak out against the abolishment of the death penalty in Canada. Until 1972, Reynolds was actually against the death penalty, but after researching it, he decided that it should be retained, stating, I've talked to a lot of guys on death row. They're not sick or deranged. They are sentenced to die by 12 average people. The jurors aren't cold, ruthless murderers. Canada has joined the small but growing number of nations that have abolished the death penalty for all civilian crimes. The House of Commons today gave third and final reading to a government bill abolishing capital punishment, for the killers of policemen and prison guards. Speedy passage through the Senate is expected. The vote was a close one, one hundred and one in favor of abolition and 124 against. Liberals and conservatives voted on both sides of the issue, but the New Democrats were solidly in favor of abolition. Earlier, the Commons defeated an amendment that would have postponed a final decision on the death penalty for three months. After the vote, members of the Cabinet expressed satisfaction that the hanging question has finally been settled. But several members who were in favor of the death penalty predicted it will be an issue in the next federal election. For the story, we go to Ottawa and our Parliamentary Bureau Chief, Terry Hargreaves. Solicitor General Warren Allman said afterwards that he was very worried before the vote as to how it would go. The government said it was a free vote, and 37 liberals voted against abolition, and 16 conservatives voted for it, both groups going against the general trend in their parties. Mr. Allman seemed relieved when it was all over. Well, I'm pleased, but uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not something to celebrate. It's because uh, there's a lot of work to be done in preventing crime. Uh, I've never said that, uh, you know, this was my, my principal or only goal as Solicitor General. The principal goal is to prevent and reduce crime, and that's still got to be done. The conservative opposition member who spearheaded the fight to retain capital punishment says it will be an election issue in 1978. John Reynolds charged once more that the free vote wasn't a true vote. No, it wasn't a free vote. You've got cabinet ministers that in the past have been retentionists, and now they're bound by cabinet uh, rule to vote with the government, and they voted abolition. So it was a free vote. And when it's that close, and when you're looking at less than 50% of the members of the House of Commons, we only had 131 for, pass a law that 80% of the people are against, I think you're asking for trouble in the, from the people of this country. They'll have no respect at all for the political system. In 1977, he would resign from the party and parliament after he had a series of disagreements with new leader, Joe Clark. Reynolds would say, quote, When Joe won, I thought, that's it. I've had enough of this. I'm going to do something else with my life. Not that Joe was a bad guy, but he was a Red Tory, end quote. Another reason for the decision to step down was what he felt was the low pay of MPs. A father of five, he made $26,300 per year, along with a tax free allowance of $10,600 per year. Today, that would be about $109,697 and $44,212. Reynolds, prior to leaving Parliament, was offered the job of Vice President of Fletco Company, as well as the Director position of Fletco Coatings Limited of Canada. But before he left Parliament, Reynolds would join four other MPs in a tear gas demonstration. Reynolds would squirt three 10 foot streams of gas from a canister. A few minutes later, he and the other MPs were crying from the pepper in their eyes while on a helicopter back to Ottawa. Reynolds would say, quote, My eyes are just like they're full of hot pepper. End quote. Reynolds then began to work as a talk show host at CJOR in Vancouver, where he said he made four times more than he did as a member of Parliament. He would also run a restaurant on Granville Street and participated in several venture capitalist investments. In 1983, he was back in politics, elected to the British Columbia Legislature as a member of the Social Credit Party of British Columbia. In 1985, Reynolds attempted to run for the leadership of the Social Credit Party, but he would finish fifth. And on March 9, 1987, Reynolds would be chosen as the Speaker of the Legislative Assembly of British Columbia, a role he would serve in until November 1, 1989. In December of 1990, Reynolds would resign from his position as Environment Minister after Premier William van Der vetoed new pollution standards to regulate dioxin emissions from the pulp mills in British Columbia. In 1991, Reynolds debated running for the leadership of the provincial party, stating that his phone had not stopped ringing since the Premier had resigned. In the end, he chose not to run for leadership. On October 17, 1991, Reynolds lost his attempt for re-election, ending his time in provincial politics. At this point, Reynolds moved into the stock business and moved to Scottsdale, Arizona for a time. But he would return to Canada and on June 7, 1997, Reynolds returned to Parliament once again, this time as a member of the Reform Party. With the party now part of the official opposition, he was made the Chief Opposition Whip. The Vancouver Sun would write, With his silver hair, broad shoulders, and the powerful voice of a former hotline radio show host, Reynolds was described as a politician from central casting. While Reynolds would attack the other parties in the House of Commons, he tended to keep his attacks professional and was often seen talking and joking with Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin before or after sessions in Parliament. Reynolds would relate, quote, Jean Chrétien said to me one day, Why didn't you tell me you were coming back into politics? You could have run for the Liberals and got elected. I said I couldn't do that, Jean, and I consider him a friend, end quote. During the revolt in the party against Stockwell Day in 2001, Reynolds was made the House leader. Reynolds had been a loyalist of Preston Manning, but upon the election of Day's leader, Reynolds put his support behind the new leader. And he was the only Manning loyalist in the party to get a promotion as a result. At the time, the Canadian Alliance and Progressive Conservatives were also looking at a possible merger. If you tuned into the House last week, you heard an interview about what's happening, or rather what's not happening, between the Federal Conservatives and the Canadian Alliance. Our guest was Canadian Alliance House Leader, John Reynolds. There's 20 people out there that are holding up this whole merger in the country, and it takes leadership. It takes leadership from the top of that party. Mr. Clark has to say, yes, I'm prepared to sit down and talk. And yes, I'm prepared to work this out. He has not said that. The onus is on him. We have said yes, we will. We've called the leadership race. I'm sure if our party was told by the Tories, listen, to if we sit down and talk, we'll have a joint leadership race, but we need a few months to do that, we would probably think about that too. So that was Canadian Alliance House Leader John Reynolds, and he was talking about a recent Alliance survey which indicated that most members of that party want some action on bringing about unity with the federal Conservatives. After Day resigned as leader of the party that same year, Reynolds took over as the interim leader on December 12th, 2001. This made him the leader of the official opposition, a role he would remain in until May 20th, 2002. He was no longer the interim leader of the party after March 20th, with Harper now leading it, but it would be until May that Harper would be elected to Parliament. Talking of his rise to power, Reynolds would say, quote, There's no magic to it, it's just experience. Experience counts. End quote. Reynolds was seen by some in the party as a person who could get things done during his brief time as leader, even if it meant taking a hard line. Jim Abbott would say, quote, If he can't get them on side cajoling them, he'll threaten them. That's John. And that's exactly the kind of thing we need. We need a strong disciplinarian, someone who will keep us on track. End quote. Others saw Reynolds differently, including former colleague Val Meredith, who said he was, quote, Consummate professional who is more or less concerned about his own placement rather than the public good. End quote. As per tradition, when Reynolds took his seat as the new leader of the official opposition, he was given a standing ovation by all five parties in the House of Commons. Chrétien would say that Reynolds was the seventh opposition leader he had faced in Parliament since 1993. In 2003, Reynolds would be involved in a serious car accident that broke his leg badly, resulting in six screws and two pins going into his leg and on January 24, 2005, Reynolds resigned as House Leader, but stayed on as MP until he retired just before the 2006 federal election. He chose to retire in order to spend more time with his family, and there were rumours that there was a dispute with Harper over the ad campaigns against same-sex marriage, but Reynolds would deny this, stating, quote, I told Stephen before Christmas, and I'd seen the ads by then, by the way, and I happened to agree with them, end quote. Reynolds would say along with spending time with his family, he needed to heed his doctor's advice to lose weight, having gone from 240 pounds to 285 pounds after his car accident. Reynolds would state, quote, My doctor told me, hey, you've got a choice to make here. You can live till you're 90 or you're going to live till you're 65 and drop dead, end quote. Stephen Harper would say, quote, John has been a steadfast conservative, a consummate politician and a great friend, end quote. During the 2006 election, Reynolds would work as the coordinator of the Conservative campaign. And after the election, the Conservatives won a minority government. The day after the election, Harper asked Reynolds to approach David Emerson, a Liberal MP, about crossing the floor and serving as a minister in the Conservative government. Emerson would accept this offer, which resulted in a huge amount of criticism against him from the opposition parties. Conversely, when Belinda Stronach crossed the floor to join the Liberals, Reynolds criticized her for doing so despite convincing Emerson to do the same thing in the opposite direction. He would say of Emerson crossing the floor quote, Instead of having someone in opposition, they have someone who is a cabinet minister of a new government. End quote. In 2021, Reynolds wrote an editorial piece for the Vancouver Sun in which he called for the conservatives to not remove Aaron O'Toole after the election loss. He would say, quote, I chaired Stephen Harper's campaign when we lost in 2004. I was also there when we won in 2006. I've got the scars from both of those campaigns. If we decided to change leaders after 2004, we would have missed out on 10 years of good, conservative government. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at John Reynolds. Next week, we're looking at Grant Hill. If you like, you can email me at craig at canada dot com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is craig baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at berdo 37 As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX, and you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romain, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron ohara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rowa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Maclean's, Vancouver Sun, Parliament of Canada, Wikipedia, Edmonton Sun, CBC, Ottawa Citizen, and the National Post. Thanks. we will see you again next time.